talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. Thank you so much for downloading, for listening. As you know, you can always find us on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email the show, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. And you can go out and find us on YouTube. Just head to YouTube and search View from the West podcast. You'll find video clips from old shows. You'll find full-length one-on-one interviews with coaches that we did earlier this season. You'll also find our UniView power rankings for each conference, for the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers Athletic, the Lincoln Trail Conference, and the Northwest Upstate Illini. We go through, break down the uniforms, and we each choose our top three or top four from those conferences. You're going to want to watch the YouTube videos because that's the best way to get the visual aid for what we're talking about. When we're talking about a uniform, we're giving you the pictures, we're showing you what it looks like as we're describing it. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. I'm joined now by the head coach of the Rock Ridge Rockets, Jeff Henry. The Rockets coming off a 6-0 perfect spring 2021 season. So Jeff, that's got to sound pretty good, right? Oh, it certainly does. Yeah, we're excited about, uh, you know, what, what our season, you know, had for us. And we're also excited about what's coming up, you know, here in the future. You know, looking back the 2019 season, you guys finished at four and five and had just missed the playoffs. And before that, though, this program year in and year out was was in the playoffs. And several of those years, there was a deep playoff run that you felt like was going to come, you know, was going to happen. What um, what did you have as ex- expectations going into this spring, knowing that it looked different? But also, as we found out, you had a lot of talented underclassmen and a lot of talent in general ready to go. Yeah, it, we had a lot of experience coming back from that season. And, and that season was a disappointment. There's no question. I mean, we're, we're used to making playoffs and uh, not make, being in the playoffs was, was a tough pill to swallow for that group of kids and our coaching staff. Um, so, you know, our expectations were that we wanted to get back into, you know, playoffs, get back to where we used to be. Um, we knew that was going to be a challenge, though. I mean, because when you have a lot of kids coming back, that's exciting. But when they're the same kids coming back from that four and five season, you know, there's a lot of questions there. Are we going to improve? Are we going to get any better? Um, because, you know, we have to do something. We can't just blink our eyes and, and hope that things change around. So uh, I thought the culture around our program got a little bit better. We had a little more pep in our step. Uh, we worked our tails off in the weight room. And, and uh, you know, I think you have to credit our seniors because that whole offseason, and I know, Greg, you've talked to a lot of coaches, there wasn't a whole lot of us believing that there truly was going to be a season a week or two before. And, uh, you know, our seniors just kept believing that if we kept working hard, you know, maybe we'd get lucky and, and something would pay off. And uh, because of that hard work and, and those kids believing that we were going to play at some point in time this, this football season, yeah, I, I think that really paid off for us. And, and it and it's, you know, kind of gave us a springboard into a, a good year. Yeah, Coach, you know, like we've talked about coming off the four and five, and I'll be honest, I mean, when we were kind of doing previews and looking through teams, we – I maybe I'll admit, you know, maybe we were sleeping on Rockridge a little bit. We didn't we didn't see, you know, big names returning. We didn't have, you know, the standout, you know, athlete. And maybe it's it's honestly because we didn't look hard enough. I mean, you guys had guys that were there ready to go. Talk about some of the dynamic athletes that you had. I mean, it starts with Peyton Locke and Braden Deem, but there's so many kids that you had ready to go. 
And you showed that this program is resilient. 2019 was an outlier and you're kind of back now. What was working so well for this offense, you know, right from the start? Well, I think it was just, we were so dynamic that we could run the football and throw the football. Um, you know, and you go back and you look at our stats. I mean, we were darn near 50-50 in terms of being able to throw or run. And, you know, in small class football, if you're able to do that, it's very difficult to, to defend those types of offenses because if you want to stack the box, you know, we're going to spread you out. We're going to throw the football around. And, and we've got the athletes out there that I think scare a lot of coaches. And then, you know, if you try to take away some of our wideouts, I mean, Peyton Locke, in my opinion, is probably one of the up and coming best running backs in the state of Illinois as far as smaller class football. And so, you know, it, it was just such a dynamic group offensively. And we've had a lot of really good offensive teams over the years here since I've been here. And I'm telling you, I, the coaching staff and I agree, I, I, this might be the most balanced offensive group that we've had in a long, long time. And so, you know, when you're able to, when you're able to just kind of pick your poison and, and, and try to, you know, scheme is important, but when you have athletes like Locke and, and, and Braden Deem, and then on the outside, you know, we had Nate Henry, who is, you know, a tremendous, you know, 6'4", uh, wide receiver out there that's tough to match up with. And then we were able to recruit a kid like Jensen Whiteman, who is a basketball kid, you know, and is going to go play college basketball. And we just got him out here and, and you know, just ask, asked him to be an athlete. You know, I didn't care if he, if he ever tackled anybody. I didn't care if he ever got hit. I told him he could just run out of bounds if he wanted to. Just be an athlete and catch the ball. And I think you could ask a lot of the coaches in the conference. That kid was phenomenal and uh, you know if he was a four-year player he'd be an all-stater right now there's no question so we were very dynamic and then the last thing Greg it takes an offensive line to be able to do all that Absolutely. and uh, you know you don't rush for you don't have a kid rush for over a thousand yards in six games without having some kids up front that can get the job done and Braden Deem threw, threw for over a thousand yards and 16 touchdowns and I think he was sacked once and so over a six-game period I mean that's that's pretty impressive so it was a collective effort out of a great group of kids. And, uh, you know, it, it, we're going to miss several of them because we graduate quite a few of those guys up front. So we, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. But it was a really exciting year offensively. Yeah, talk about, was there a moment, you know, in, in the spring training, I guess, as you'd call it, for lack of a better term, was there a moment or, you know, kind of like a, whoa, we got something here, you know, as you started putting things together on offense or – did it start in the games when you saw things materializing, you know, in results on the field? I, 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 to be honest with you, I think it really started in the games because there was a big question mark about Peyton Locke. Um, Peyton Locke is like state worthy track meet speed. I mean, he's got that kind of athleticism and speed. And uh, so our concern was with him being a smaller kid and a sophomore, was he going to be that guy that's just going to try to bounce everything outside, you know, always try to get to the edge. You know, or is he going to be willing to run in between the tackles? Because our offense, we've got to be able to run in between the tackles as well. And uh, that first game against Orion, Peyton proved to all of us, he's willing to put his shoulders down and he's going to get those tough yards. And that really opened up things for us right off the bat. And we found that out in week one. And, you know, from there, it just springboarded. And what's scary is as explosive as we were offensively, we probably only got about 80% of our offensive playbook even in this season just because of the shortened of time of, of preparation and, and, and everything else was going on. So, you know, that's exciting to know that we've got the rest of the summer now that we can work on some of those things we weren't able to do. So. Well, talk about, you know, more about that excitement being that, you know, you guys can really capitalize on 
the shortened time between seasons. I think that for some teams, it's an advantage. Some teams can really capitalize on it. I think you guys are in a spot to do that with position players returning with great experience in the spring. You know, what are you guys focused on in this? It's short. Again, you know, it's kind of a quick turnaround and you're busy with track and everything else. Right. What do you, what are you focused on football wise, knowing that, you know, you're going to these players are going to be ready to go in the fall too. Well, it's kind of the tale of two things, because as far as up front, we really need to kind of start back from scratch because we've got a lot of young, experienced, inexperienced kids that we've got to get up to speed. Uh, but with our skill position kids, that's where our playbook can open up a little bit more uh, because we do have so many guys coming back. And, you know, somebody that really didn't get a lot of press this year, and, and that's because of injury, we have a freshman, the Dean kid's little brother, who's not little, he's bigger than Braden, um, is a freshman that was starting for us at slot. And I tell you what, he's as, as skilled as, as Jensen Whiteman or Nate Henry is. And unfortunately, we lost him in the second week you know, to an injury. And so we also have that young man coming back to help on the, out, on the offense on the outside. So uh, it, it's really a matter of we've got to get some linemen that can get comfortable playing with each other. We graduated four off, uh, seniors off of our offensive line, and those kids had played two or three years together. And so, as you know, you know, that kind of that bond that goes up front and, and knowing how to work with each other is so important. So we're going to have to really focus a lot of time on that. Meanwhile, all those skill kids down at the other end of the field, you know, they're going to have all kinds of fun playing with Coach Graves and all these new plays and, and schemes that he's going to come up with. So it, I, I work more with the linemen, so I probably got my work more cut out for me than Coach Graves and the other offensive guys do at the other end of the field. Yeah. Coach, let's talk about the uh, Three Rivers Athletic Conference. They announced uh, changing alignments, you know, so a slightly different look for you guys. But how nice is it to get those local rivalries back every year? We're talking about Orion, Sherrard, Rock Ridge, you know, even, you know, Monmouth Roseville tossed them in there. Having all those kind of Riverdale along with them, what's it mean to have those kind of grouped together? Do you like the new alignment? Yeah, I do. It's good for us. And, you know, when the Olympic Conference several years ago broke up, I mean, you know, there was a lot of schools like us that, you know, that was tough because, um, you know, the, the Olympic Conference had a lot of history, and it was a great conference for not only football, but basketball, baseball. I mean, it was a great conference. And so when we split up and, and you know, we've been around, bounced around a little bit, the Three Rivers is a great feel, uh, fit for us. And now that we're able to get back with Orion and Sherrard and play some of those rivalries, it's, it's a little bit of a feel of both. So it's really the best of both worlds for us. It's, it's a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, I love playing in Three Rivers. I, I, I love playing Newman every year, even though they're super good. Yeah. And, you know, the chances of beating them are always difficult. It, it is a great game to play against those, those kids and that team and those co that coaching staff. And that goes throughout the entire conference. I, you know, it's, it's such a competitive conference, and it's a lot of fun. You know, it makes for a lot of long nights for coaches, but it's a lot of fun on Friday nights competing in this conference. Yeah, you know, you've been around this conference, and you've been around the Rock Ridge program, you know, for several years now in, in different roles, not as head coach, but in other roles. How vital was that to, you know, keeping everything moving through the COVID times? You know, you became head coach, and then things kind of shut down. But you had been around and you'd been familiar with the program. How much did your familiarity kind of help keep things rolling when things got, you know, weird? Things got tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was probably one of the major decisions, you know. And, and I say I took the head coaching job. I'm going to tell you right now, our entire staff has been here for so many years. And we felt like as a collective group, 
it was probably in the best interest of the program and these kids that maybe we just keep this within ourselves and in-house as far as who's the next head, next head coach. Um, because we just didn't know when a new coach was going to be able to even get in and meet with our kids, you know, and build those relationships. And as you know, you know, those relationships are what really drive a program. And for a new guy to come in and maybe not to even get to meet his kids till July or to August, it, it really would not have been great what was best for these kids. So, you know, it's just, I'm not saying I was the answer to any of this, but I do think that our familiarity with these kids and the relationships that I've had with them as their eighth grade math teacher, as a basketball coach, a track coach, a football coach, I, I think it just kind of was the right fit at the right time. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right, coach. We do, uh, we do a little bit of no huddle offense here at the end. We move, we move quick through the questions. Okay. So my first, I got to know, let's go back to your playing days. What's your best on-field moment as a high school football player? Or college, I guess, if you played any in college. We'll go that route, too. We'll stay high school football. College, I played basketball. I wasn't a football player in college. So. Sounds good. Uh, one of the craziest plays that I ever had was I had a kick return. Uh, where I was about six foot and 135 pounds, even as a senior. I mean, I was a toothpick. I was athletic, but not big. And we had a middle return. And so I was told, if it's a middle return, you put your head down, you run through the middle. And there's a wall of big guys right there. I ran into that wall and I got hit so hard. I think I spun back about 20 yards and didn't fall down. I go up the sideline. And for some reason, I made the Warren High School highlight film because of... <laughs> Evidently, they put it on there because of such the big hit, but I actually kept my balance and ran down the sideline, <laughs> and I made their highlight film. But a couple of kids were buddies of mine, and they showed me that. So that was, that was one of my individual highlights. Uh, you know, team-wise, uh, my freshman year playing at Yorkwood High School, we, uh, we actually made it to the semifinals, and, uh, you know, that was a pretty neat year. Even though I didn't play a lot as a freshman, I was a part of it, and that was pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Now, looking at your coaching staff. If you can add any uh, college or NFL coach to your staff to be able to pick their brain, let them draw plays up for you, who are you going with? You, you go, do you go offense or defense here on this one? Uh, probably would go defense just because we have such a good offensive coach in Sam Graves as it is. So Okay, there you go. Uh, All right. I think Nick Saban would probably be a pretty good one to pick his brain. Uh, I'm not sure how willing Nick Saban would be willing <laughs> to talk to me, but I, I, I think it would be pretty cool. Obviously – you could ask a guy like that a lot more than just about scheme, but just about program and things like that. And, and you know, yeah. how, how he operates and how he does things. I, I've always had a lot of respect for that. He's a good one. He's a name that gets brought up a lot. A lot of yeah. coaches bring him up. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can get him to Taylor Ridge to, you know, see it, catch a game on a Friday, but. Uh... <laughs> I might have better luck with maybe a little bit smaller scale guy. Maybe not uh, Nick Saban, maybe uh, Aaron Willits from Knox college. He might be willing to come over. I, you could probably make that one work. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Coach, looking around the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, I love to ask coaches, who do you love coaching against? Who's the, who's the coach that you love battling? You know that they're going to give you, you know, the wrinkle in the offense, and they're going to give you the trick plays or just battle on X's and O's level. Who do you love going against? Well, I hope Chip Filler doesn't watch this episode because I'm going to tell you right now, I like beating Chip Filler. <laughs> and that hasn't happened a whole lot lately, and he's been giving us a hard time about that. And uh, – we were with Randazzo on some Channel 8 special, and we did putt-putt golf. That's right. And, uh, you know, Chip was talking smack the whole time and telling me how, you know, how many times they had beaten us lately and stuff like that. So <laughs> it was good to beat him. 
and we always have great battles with Warren. So that's one that, you know, that comes to mind. Also, Coach Paposi in the Newman Comets, you know, and yeah. I realize now, we, you know, Coach is, is retired, but that was always a great one. And, and they still are a great program to play against. And that just, that's a couple that comes to mind real quick. Did you, uh, you beat Chip Filler in golf, right? Did you beat him? No, thanks for bringing that up. I hope you, I hope you take that out of this little podcast that we're doing right here. We'll just we'll clip that Man, part, so, okay? So I was Chip's terrible. Dude, I, I, I hit it in the water. How do you hit it in the water on golf? On putt, putt golf? It was bad. Oh, man, so Chip's got that on you, too. So Yeah, well, he can have that as long as I got the last win in the regular season. Well, thank you so much, Coach, for joining me. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun, and I didn't know what the Rockets had, and they showed everybody. They showed the whole side of the state. They certainly showed the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, and I'm excited to watch. You know, they're a team that we've now – we certainly have you circled now. You're, you're on our radar, so we're, we're excited for the fall like you guys are. Well, I, I'm glad that, that, we're, that we're back in that position where, you know, maybe we got a little bit of a target on our back because I, I kind of like that. And I'm not talking from the media standpoint, but, yep. you know, we, we want our kids to feel like, you know, everybody's gunning for us because then you must be doing something right when, when people are looking at your program like that. So I appreciate it. And tell Mitch not to overlook us again, too. Or, yeah, Mitch. <laughs> That's right. All right. I'll, I'll tell him. I, I always blame him anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you very much. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. 